Hi, and thank you for joining us for In All Things, a weekly podcast of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church. I'm Rachel Joseph. Your host for In All Things is Dean Weaver, State Clerk of the EPC. This week, we present an encore episode from Season 1 when Dean and Pastor Bryn McPhail talk about how God uses suffering to make believers more like Jesus. We hope that by revisiting this popular episode, you will be blessed again. Now, here's Dean. And thank you so much, Rachel, for uh, your introduction as always. And we're grateful to uh, all of you who have tuned in again for another edition of In All Things, a podcast by the EPC for the EPC, but we hope extending beyond the EPC to those who would lean in and listen and learn and grow in grace and truth in the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're just grateful to have you here. We're grateful to have you as a part of that journey, whether you're listening to us on your drive to work, uh, a walk around the neighborhood, uh, or perhaps you're on the treadmill, uh, whatever it might be um, that you have chosen to uh, to take that journey with us is a gift, and we try to be good and faithful stewards of that gift. Well, today I want to jump right into our conversation, and uh, it's an exciting one as we try to feature different authors from the EPC, and today I'm delighted to have a friend with us who is the pastor of St. Andrew's Presbyterian Kirk in Nassau, Bahamas. Uh, Bryn McPhail has just recently written a book called Purposeful Pain, uh, What Your Troubles Achieve. And uh, we just saw him post that recently, and we wanted to jump on uh, that so that we could get him on in all things uh, so that everybody in the EPC could be aware of that and have the opportunity uh, to take advantage of this new resource. So Bryn, welcome to In All Things. Thank you, Dean. It's a delight to be with you. Let's just jump right into the book and, and say, Bryn, what, what caused you to write this book, Purposeful Pain? I, I had a number of church leaders here at St. Andrews who were asking me to produce something. Because we're an island 22 by 6 miles, there's a sense in which you know we're disconnected from the rest of the world. And, and some of the leaders here thought, if I produce a book or two, it, it may be a way to let other churches and Christians and interested persons know that there's a, a meaningful ministry being done here. And I really felt like I didn't have anything new to add under the sun. And so what I did was I, I looked through 25 years of sermon manuscripts, and I was looking for common themes in my preaching. And of course, the gospel is the primary theme in my preaching. But secondarily, I was struck by the number of times I preached about pain and suffering and God's sovereignty and mercy in the middle of that. And so I, I pulled together what I thought were my best 15 manuscripts, and, and I just rewrote them to fit a book format. And because we had Hurricane Dorian in September 2019, that produced uh, a lot of sermons related to pain and suffering. And so I've included a couple of those uh, in the book as well. It's such an interesting juxtaposition, right? Because uh, the Bahamas is such a beautiful nation. You're in a gorgeous setting. And yet uh, Hurricane Dorian was just devastating. I mean, just utterly mm-hmm. devastating. And so you've kind of got this beauty and pain paradox that, that mm. are on a 22 by 6 island, right? And that's yeah. sort of, uh, that, that, is, that speaks to, to life, both in the scriptures, you can find beauty and pain 
paradoxically right together. Mm-hmm. Um, what is more beautiful than, yeah. than Jesus and his hanging on the cross for us? And what is more painful than Jesus and his hanging yeah. on the cross for us? And so you see that kind of juxtapositioning and, and the pain that comes out of those places as purposeful. And that's how you address it in mm-hmm. your sermons. Could you unpack that a little bit? Yeah, so as I talk to people, even within the church, there's a temptation or an inclination to want to let God off the hook when it comes to suffering, mm. to, to only blame the devil or, or to call it a random act of nature. And, and I, I don't think that is congruent with what the scripture teaches. And, and R.C. Sproul is fond, was fond of saying there's no maverick molecules. And, and I affirm that. And so when you confess and affirm that nothing is outside of God's governance, it does compel you to do a little bit of an apologetic for why there are such terrible things happening and, and why we experience hard things. And, and I, I see that on the forefront of the minds of the people who worship here at St. Andrew's Kirk, and, and I'm guessing that's the case in a lot of places. It's interesting, Bryn, because if you're a person of faith and you, you see life circumstances through that lens, uh, what you've said makes perfect sense. If you're not a person of faith mm. and you don't see through that lens, that, that seems to be a stumbling block or a troubling thing for people. But, you know, I'm a big fan of the quotes famously attributed to Abraham Kuyper. There's not one square inch of the creation in which the sovereign does not say mine. You know, it's mm. the Colossians yeah. 1, 15 and 16, all things are created by him, for him, and through him. Or the Romans 8, you know, all things work together for good for those who love him. And sometimes we're glib and trite with those things, but if you really lean into the sovereignty of God, even in the pain, then there really Mm. is purpose in terms of of God's uh, involvement in those things. Am I on the right track? Absolutely. And because these the content of the book began as sermon manuscripts. There, there is some testimonial aspects to it, testimony of persons I know who managed and leveraged pain well for the glory of God, but, but also I, I give personal accounts as well. Uh, the content of the book covers a time when I lost both my mother and my sister. As I mentioned, it covers Hurricane Dorian. So uh, the, the content doesn't come from some detached preacher uh, in the middle of nowhere, Bahamas, but it comes from someone who, at the time of writing this, was experiencing a, a personal level of pain. So I try to, this isn't an academic book. It's part of it is testimonial as well as expositional, of course. Which all good preaching is. Uh, my, my preaching mentor, Haddon Robinson, used to say, the preacher should never preach the message until the message is preached the preacher. And it doesn't mean we carry everybody along with all of our own struggles, but yet there has to be a, right. an, an authentic incarnation of the text, of the, of, the, of the way the Spirit speaks in the text to us before we can get up and exposit the text faithfully because it's not just about the impartation of information. It, it's about how the living word of God actually changes people. And they need it more than ever uh, when they've lost their mother and their sister, when a hurricane strikes, when the cancer diagnosis comes, when they lose their job. Those are the moments yeah. where the veil is the thinnest and we, we have the opportunity yeah. to be transformed the most. And that's why 
a book that comes out of sermons, which speak to a community in that kind of context, has the power to really uh, encourage and, and change people's lives. Yes, amen. If people are listening in, Bryn, and, and they're thinking to themselves, okay, you know, another, another book, and there's a lot of books out there for people to consider reading, what would be the, the recommendation? You, you should read this book because, or you should read this book why? Maybe advice even to a pastor. How, how would this be a resource that a pastor in the EPC or otherwise might use? That's a great question, and, and I don't want to undersell this, but I would, like most preachers, I'm, I'm influenced by what I read and what I listen to. And, and so at the end of the book, I, I almost think I might be sandbagging because I, I list basically you know, the 10 best books on the subject, as if to say, if you didn't get anything out of this, you, know, you might want to try these books by right. smarter men than I. Why would you pick up this book? I, I think anyone who's going through difficult times, particularly if they have a Christian worldview or, Christian, or an inclination to know what the scriptures say, this would be for them. Uh, part of it was more, um, many people were asking for a capture of my ministry. And, and so I, I might say this is written primarily for people who know me, who know my life story, know my ministry. And, and I think that group will get the most out of it. Uh, but, but I think because suffering is universal, everyone goes through it and, People who haven't had difficult lives will have future suffering, and so it'll be relevant for everyone's future. And so in that sense, I think this book gives you tools to, to deal with pain well. Uh, and by well, I mean in a way that brings God glory. I learned the hard way um, that, that pain isn't the enemy that I thought it was. And, and so I think I have some tools now that helped me to manage pain in a way that I didn't have five years ago. Could I dig down on that a little bit, Bryn? And what are some of those sure. tools and, and how is it that pain is not the enemy that you thought it was? Yeah. So, so I, I think that the, the first thing I would want to say on that is to, to, say, to say I had a perspective shift. What do I mean by that? I used to think that pain and suffering was like it would develop a callus. Uh, just like if, if I was working, you know, manual labor, you know, the more I worked, the tougher I would get and the more callous my hands would get and the more durable I'd become. And I thought that's the way suffering worked. And, and I found that not to be the case. I wasn't getting better at handling suffering. And what I realized is that it didn't develop calluses, but um, there was a cumulative effect to suffering. So with every season of suffering, this burden on my shoulders got heavier and heavier and heavier. And so some of the tools I, I learned really was just to improve my communion with the Lord Jesus Christ in times of suffering, to be yoked to him uh, who says, you know, my yoke is easy and my burdens light. And, and to, to walk with him in such a way that he would carry the weight instead of me, uh, that, that was a huge perspective shift for me. It's such an insightful uh, way of looking at it, Bryn, is that, that suffering has a cumulative effect. I, I want our listeners to kind of just settle on that for a little bit, meditate on that, because ultimately it's going to do one of two things, right? It's going to either 
be so cumulative that the weight builds and crushes us, or it's going to drive us mm-hmm. to the one who can actually meet us in the ultimate suffering and make us more like him. Yes. And, you, and it's like you've read the book already, because that, that's my thesis, is that God uses suffering to make us like his son. That, that's, that's, that pain and suffering isn't just a tool to make us like his son, but it might be the primary tool. It might be the most effective tool. Right. As C.S. Lewis said, God shouts in the pain. And, and so it's, it's one of the primary things God uses mm. to conform us, to change us. Well said. Well said. Hey, I'm just curious before we close up, what are some of those books that were on your list at the end? Yeah, so I, it's a mix of older books and more contemporary books. Uh, on the contemporary side, I've got Tim Keller's book, Walking with God Through Pain and Suffering, uh, The Invisible Hand, R.C. Sproul, Suffering, Paul David Tripp. But if you want to go back in time, some of the best ones I read were The Crook in the Lot by Puritan Thomas Boston, Precious Remedies Against Satan's Devices, Puritan Thomas Brooks, uh, A Grief Observed, C.S. Lewis. Uh, And then one that really surprised me, uh, I don't know why it surprised me, Samuel Rutherford's The Loveliness of Christ. Hmm. And that benefited me because Samuel Rutherford's manner of dealing with suffering was you have to compare it with something. And so Samuel Rutherford would always have us see the loveliness of Christ and the beauty and the glory of Christ. And and that would always help calibrate the mm. perspective of the mm. Christian. Mm. Well, that, that takes us back to the comment I was making earlier, Bryn, where I think there's a, a direct relationship between beauty and suffering, uh, beauty and pain. And I think mm. um, I have a dear friend, Jeremy Casella, who's a Christian uh, hymn writer who has a song called Beauty Leads the Way. And it, it points us back to uh, Christ and the, the beauty of not only who he is, but what he has done. And uh, you can't look at who mm. he is and what he has done and not see the pain and the suffering uh, that was both prophesied in the Old Testament and actually incarnated in his life and ministry. So that connection, that's, that's, you're stirring in me a, a point of further reflection and trying to think about the relationship between those two things. So thank you for that. My pleasure. So I had one book I might add. I don't know. Have you ever read uh, Nicholas Waltersdorf's Lament for a Son? It's interesting you, you, you mention him because I, I do have a quote from him at the header of, of one of the chapters. Okay. Yeah, and, that's, uh, uh, it's I'm a particular not... thing because not every parent, you know, if a parent has lost a, a child, that's a particular, uniquely profound kind of grief. Um, it is maybe of the, one of the greatest griefs that there is. And uh, Waltersdorf's little book on that is, uh, I've used that on multiple occasions for pastoral settings for people who have gone through similar circumstances. So um, maybe make that number 11 on your list. Yeah. Well, and, and if I could, uh, I've got the quote. It, it's the header for, for chapter 12, or chapter 14, rather, uh, by Nicholas Waltersdorf. It is said of God that no one can behold his face and live. I always thought this meant that no one could see his splendor and live. A friend said perhaps it means that no one could see his sorrow and live. Mm. Or perhaps 
his sorrow is his splendor. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I just, I want to sit on that for a while. That is just beautiful. Wow. Wow. Okay. I feel like that's where we should end it because that was <laughs> so amazingly uh, important to hear. Could you read that last sentence one more time? Sure. And, and again, it's, it's the very author you quoted, Nicholas Walterstorff. He said, a friend said, perhaps it means that no one could see his sorrow and live, or perhaps his sorrow is his splendor. Perhaps his sorrow is his splendor. Wow. That sounds like a, a sermon waiting for you to preach too. Well, Bryn, how would people sure. get a hold of your book? People who are listening in and say, okay, I'm looking for a, a pastoral and biblical exposition that will help me to um, process my own grief and suffering. How, how would they get a hold of it? I'll say this with qualification because I'm a new author. I don't know how this works, but I went on Amazon yesterday and it's there. So if, if you type Bryn McPhail or Purposeful Pain, the book comes up. But the interesting part is it's sold by Amazon and it's produced by Amazon. So I, I don't even know how this arrangement was set up by the local publisher. But if somebody orders it on Amazon, Amazon will literally print the book and send it to you. Wow. And, and so I'll be curious, you know, I've, I've never done it like that. So I, I'm going to order one to myself so I can see what the book looks <laughs> okay. like. Um, I, I, I have uh, my shipment of the hard covers and the paperbacks all came to the Bahamas yesterday. So if you live in the Bahamas, just, you know, track me down. Um, but if you don't live in the Bahamas, which is most of your listening audience, uh, Amazon uh, is selling it and producing it. But I don't have the foggiest idea how well they did it you know, piecing the physical book together. Right, right. Well, perhaps uh, when someone from uh, St. Andrews, uh, yourself or someone else next comes over to the States, you could bring a box, a small box of those books here to the EPC office, and then we'll help you distribute them to those who reach out to us as well. That would be great. Uh, I'd be glad to do that. Okay, my friends, it's Bryn McPhail. He's the senior pastor of St. Andrew's Presbyterian Kirk in Nassau, Bahamas. And his book is entitled Purposeful Pain, What Your Troubles Achieve. I hope you will uh, not only get that book, I hope you will refer it to others, maybe buy it as a gift for those who are going through a difficult time and encourage them to, to pass on this podcast as well. I would assume, Bryn, is there a way for people to, uh, get, uh, to listen to some of your sermons online at St. Andrew's? Absolutely. com. You can navigate that site. We've got the live stream, YouTube channel. If you just want to listen to the audio file, um, all of that's available at com. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you, brother. I appreciate the time today. Thank you, Dean. I appreciate being with you. All right, my friends, that wraps up another uh, edition of In All Things. And as we always do, we close with a good word from God's Word, which seems like such a fitting word, uh, given everything that Bryn has talked about today. It's from Colossians 1, uh, verses 15 through 18. The Son is the image of the invisible God. He is the firstborn over all creation, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him, that is Jesus Christ, all things hold together, for he is the head of the body, 
the church. And until the next time we gather, my friends, it's in his name. I bid grace and peace to you. Thank you again for joining us. On behalf of Dean and the entire team, we hope you will join us for our next episode of In All Things. For more information about the Evangelical Presbyterian Church, including a directory of local churches, online resources, and much more, visit our website at www.epc.org. I'm Rachel Joseph. I pray you have an overwhelming sense of God's presence in all things today.